When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. For Take Human Action PA episode 38. Uh, I'm Calvin. I'm one of your hosts. And we've also got Regina back with us. How are you doing, Regina? Hey, how are you? Good, good. Uh, so I'm glad to have you here. I'm really excited for uh, today's episode. Uh, still coming off of that high from the rally on February 19th in DC. Like, wasn't that a lot of fun? Oh, it was so fun. I was like buzzing the whole drive home. I was so worried I was going to be all burnt out and like exhausted driving home, but I was just literally buzzing. It was such a great day. Yeah. yeah I was so, I was exhausted after that, but it, yeah, it was definitely a rush and we'll <laughs> get into it. With, yeah. We'll get into it with our guests here. Uh, just one minute. I'll, I'll just do one last uh, reminder to everyone who's listening. If you haven't, bought your tickets already for the state convention this coming weekend in Reading, uh, March 3rd through 5th for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Definitely do that. All the links are in the description. So I won't take any, any more time because I'm really f- looking forward to our panel here. Uh, first, I want to give a uh, tip of the hat to a uh, person who helped us uh, put this panel together. Uh, she is a Mises Caucus Libertarian and co-founder of Liber- Liberty Speaks. You know her. You love her. Irene Maverickakis, how are you doing? Welcome back. Hey, Calvin. Hey, Regina. Thanks for yeah. having me on again. This is like the first really time we've actually been on it. together. <laughs> it's true, Calvin. I don't know. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to remedy that. Uh, but I want to bring on our other guests. Uh, next, we have uh, Rod Brana from the People's Party. How are you doing, Rod? Hi. Good to be yeah. here. Yeah, good to have you. And last but not least, we've got Alex Dillard, uh, International Secretary of the American Student Union. Hi, um, how's everyone? Oh, sorry, Regina. I think I lost power uh, on my screen for a minute there, but we're back. So it's all good. So welcome, everybody. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. So Rod and Alex, since you are both new, I want to make sure to give you a chance to introduce yourselves and uh, talk to us a little bit about how you got started with politics. So let's start with uh, Rod. Uh, 
why don't, why don't you tell us uh, how you got involved in this space? Hi, so I'm a volunteer and member of the steering committee of the People's Party. And uh, we've been uh, organizing to give uh, electoral choices to uh, the American voters uh, because we feel that the two major parties are just don't cut it, don't do the job. Um, and pretty much they operate very similarly, except for some social issues. Mm. Um, I got involved in politics, uh, I, I must say, probably because of my background. Uh, I'm originally from Chile and in, in the 1973, we, we uh, underwent a regime change uh, with a military coup that was supported by the USA. And um, I think that that opened my eyes and became, I became a lot more um, interested in finding out the truth behind what's going on in, in geopolitical events. Uh, then when, when Bernie ran for uh, office in 2016, my son, Nick Brana, uh, worked for him. And uh, so I became more familiar with that campaign. And we saw that at that point, he had assembled a coalition that could easily uh, challenge the two major parties if he chose to form a new party at that time. Uh, but of course, we all know he, he didn't. And he pivoted towards uh, supporting Hillary Clinton. And so well, a group of us former uh, Bernie supporters and, and some others uh, felt that um, even if he wasn't going to do it, uh, we needed to work on, on creating a new party. And the People's Party, uh, the name says it, we, we're for the people as opposed to big corporations, business. We want to put people first. All right. Thank you, Rod. Uh, very good. Uh introduction glad to have you here glad to have you as a partner on the rage against the war machine uh so now we'll go to alex uh why don't you tell us uh, how you got involved in uh politics and uh what you're up to now hi so my name is alex dillard i'm obviously here representing the american student union i was originally so first of all i'm 18 right now i've been in, i i wouldn't i've been involved in activism for the last three or four years my main involvement has been through the peace movement I originally got my start with the San Jose Peace and Justice Center because I'm local to San Jose. And typically we've held events on various subjects regarding the, regarding geopolitics. So we held an event with Kevin Zesse, who was the, who's now dead, but he was the embassy defender when the United States tried to take over the Venezuelan embassy in Washington, D.C. and replace the, the actual government with their fake government where they named Juan Guaido, Juan Guaido as president. They, Kevin Zesse, with the permission of the Venezuelan government, occupied the embassy because the because under international law, it is illegal for, for, for countries to invade other countries' embassies because that is their technically their territory. So what happened was the U.S. government sent FBI and stuff into the embassy. They cut off its power. So they were literally blockading the embassy. And then on like... I forget when, but I think on like the fourth or fifth day, they just went in there in the embassy illegally. They took, they threw all the people out and then they threw them in jail. And we had a, and he was about to go to jail. So we had a solidarity fund. We had a solidarity fund drive and we had a speaking event where he came and spoke about 30 or 40 people showed up. And I was 14 and I had organized that. 
we yeah yeah wow so that's the sort of stuff we've been doing and i've been active in the peace movement for the last four or five years thank you well oh that's awesome uh you definitely got started uh early on and we're happy to we're happy to have you as part of the coalition that we're working on now um so uh with that uh i do want to give us each a chance to uh talk about um our involvement in the rally and the planning stages and uh how how it all came together so um since we haven't gotten to you yet uh let's start with uh irene uh one I know you got a lot to share, but uh, maybe maybe tell us uh, some some of the highlights and uh, just anything else that stands out to you about that process. Yeah, I think it was a very amazing grassroots coalition. Started with some ideas, and then Angela and Nick already had a relationship, and then we brought together the core group of organizers and volunteers who spent an amazing amount of time uh, working on this project with just fearless leadership by Nick and Angela. And we just worked very hard and we kept our goals in line and then everything fell into place. And I can't imagine not having all these people in my life. And, you know, the biggest thing that I learned from this is that people will listen to you if you talk to them with kindness. And I also learned that we can unite over some important concepts like not slaughtering each other on the battlefield because of mis misunderstandings, the military industrial complex and, you know, corrupt governments. And I just wanted to share with everybody that everybody in the coalition is still working together on various sorts of projects that we are initiating. You know, we don't know when the next big event is yet. It's only been a week or two. Um, and the biggest thing that I'd like to tell people is if you want to get involved, you can contact us through the website, or I have this Love, Liberty, and Lefty group on Signal, and that's a good clearinghouse to then put people into other chats that are in different states that are lefties and liberties working on their own projects in their own states. So this is just the beginning. It was an amazing experience, and I'm just so grateful to know all these people. Yeah, I don't know how you did it all because there was just so much. There's so much going on. I only scratched the surface with much of it. But there's this all this flurry of activity, constant chats at all hours of the of the night. If like I was sick or traveling or anything like that, didn't matter. Irene was on the job. She she had it handled. You just seemed to be like everywhere at once, and it, you know, especially shown through on the on the day of. You just seemed to have a plan for everything. Well, it was an amazing team and every person on the team was critical and we had amazing leaders and I just did the part that I needed to do and um, everybody was critically important and uh, the team was amazing and I think that we're going to do great things and I think that this coalition matters profoundly. Um, and I think that we in the core group are very committed to that. But anybody who wants to be a part of this, please contact me or send a message through the website and come into my left, my, what is it? My love lefty and liberties chat. And we will get you connected to other people who are interested in realizing that we have a lot of things in common. 
Yeah, well said. Uh, thank you, Irene. Uh, so now, uh, just going in order here, let's go to uh, to Rod. So, uh, what, what kind what kind of uh, planning did you see at the beginning? How did how did this coalition come together? Uh, as Irene said, uh, Angela and Nick had been working together. They had done a pod podcast together. Uh, there was. Um, an intention to collaborate and, and find ways to, um, you know, use each other's uh, expertise and, and followers to build something larger. And then when the, um, as the anniversary of the war approached about two months prior, uh, the idea came up about doing, doing this rally and uh, it's like setting up a big party and not knowing how many people are going to show. It 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 is a difficult um, enterprise logistically from getting the permits from the park service to getting the speakers, and that's the whole show about the speakers really how how that went down to uh, figuring out um, how many porta potties you're going to need because uh, we didn't know with the size of the crowd. Uh, it, pretty much early on, though, during the planning, I think it became clear that we had a struck a nerve. Um, there's a dire need in this country for a peace movement, for people who realize that escalation of this war in Ukraine in particular is not an answer, and who realize that uh, this is all part of a much larger system uh, of the war machine. And so, uh, the fact that there was early interest and, and people started piling on, wanting to speak, uh, told us that we that we were on the right track. Uh, and from there, again, it was just a lot of logistics, hurry up and get it done uh, in order to be ready for, uh, for the day of the rally. Yeah, thank you, Rod. Uh, the contributions and the effort that the people's party towards in towards this partnership uh especially like early on was, was definitely essential like um there were a lot of speakers there that i had you know some of whom i'd, I'd never heard of and others that you know i knew were more associated with the left but i i i don't think i ever would have gotten a chance to get see them speak like that and, and hear what they had to say if uh if you guys hadn't brought them in and uh you know it, it yeah, it was it was really uh, humbling for me to know that there were, you know, for, from my perspective, that there were still like people on the left that were working towards uh, trying to bring the endless wars to an end. I think that that's one of the biggest benefit of this rally is to bring people together that you wouldn't imagine being together or you seldom would have a chance to to listen to <clears throat> and realize that we have a lot of a lot in common, a lot of goals, a lot to accomplish together. Right, exactly. Uh, so now, uh, Regina, I I know you were involved in some of the meetings uh, early on, and uh, <clears throat> and, and uh, later on, uh, you you uh, helped us in a big way, like get some people down to the rally who wouldn't have been able to go otherwise. So, uh, tell us what those experiences were like for you. Yeah, so I mainly helped organize the carpooling from Pittsburgh. And what was really interesting and kind of heartwarming in a way was that everyone in my car 
actually wasn't a libertarian. So it was a really nice way to open up the conversation and hear different points and aspects from, from their different backgrounds, but then also to try to introduce people to the Libertarian Party and what we've been trying to do. And again, it just, it was just really nice to see, even when we got down to the rally, like everything was organized, everyone that was participating around us, like even those not in the carpool party was for the most part in where I was anyway, everyone was kind. Everyone was just like well-mannered. Like it was so calm. It was so just uplifting. Um, and yeah, it was just really amazing to watch kind of like a lot of things. I wasn't too involved with the planning process or too much behind the scenes um, other than, you know, promoting it from within the party, um, trying to use this, you know, as a opportunity, a learning opportunity of what I'm hoping that the Libertarian Issue Coalitions and PA can be. Um, but it was just so amazing to watch people step up and, you know, kind of kind of like Rob was saying, like, hurry up and just get it done and just watch people kind of come through for this in a very short amount of time. Like, I really don't think anyone who was not in those meetings consistently or in there from the beginning realizing how much work that everyone put in in an extreme amount of time like i have a little bit of event planning in my background and the fact that they got permits they had no issues you know we we went through the event unscathed in a way um some things came up but we, i think we were expecting that um, but I really do think, despite the couple bumps in the road, that this was really successful. And at the end of the day, the the main goal that we reached is that we showed that people from all kind of over the political spectrum could come together for a single message. Like, we don't have to all leave the table best friends, but I watched people, you know, talk and mingle civ civilly. And that's that's kind of the white pill moment for me in all this. Oh, thanks, Regina. And yeah, I, I think we could tell there was a lot of work involved in the permitting in the, or in the back end before either of us really got involved. So um, I, I, I know I can't name all the names that were involved in that, but thank you very much to Nick of the People's Party, Angela, of course, and Irene and Rog, because I know you all had uh, some sort of role in that. So thanks again to all of you. Tim and Sarah, okay. most especially as well. On the point yeah, I, I planned on mentioning them at some point uh, during this episode. So. It's okay. I just yeah. had to. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Tim and Sarah and um, everybody else that whose names uh, I'm not thinking of right now. Uh, we will uh, we will definitely uh, bring you up as we go along. But if I forget to mention you your name at some point, uh, my apologies, but thank you again for your effort. Um, I really want to thank the uh, the people that showed up and stood there for three and a half, four hours. Um, it, it was remarkable. Uh, people with, with homemade signs, with flags, just cheering at the speakers. And uh, we didn't know, again, how many people would show up or whether there would be a counter demonstration going on at the same time. Uh, we were somewhat prepared uh we had the security personnel to you know keep things from getting out of hand and um yeah that but, is uh, yeah that is a very good point so 
Uh, thank you for everyone who did show up and, and stood there for for hours while the event was going on. Um, and we, we appreciate each and every single one of you that attended. Um, and while you mentioned the signs, I did want to share one thing real quick here. <laughs> if, you, if you can't see it, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the front just for a minute here. <laughs> so our, our, our own Regina just had her sign prominently featured uh, in uh, our friend Dave Smith's uh, yeah. cover for his uh, recent show. So kudos to uh, Regina for her amazing sign. Sorry. It's so ridiculous. That. I think it's funny here every time I look at it because it's just, it's like the peak ridiculousness Ooh. of my life is this goddamn sign that's a gift and a curse at this point. Oh my God. <laughs> you knew how well, many people, with you now. If you knew um, how many people have me holding that sign as their Facebook profile that I do not know in any way, shape, or form. I, I noticed that myself and I'm not even you. <laughs> oh, it gets funnier every time, but I'm glad mm -hmm. people enjoyed the message. I was trying yeah, to... Yeah, and speaking of people who had prominently featured signs, uh, <laughs> Alex. Uh, Alex. Yeah. I had the Biden is the Nord Stream bomber pipeline. Sorry. The Biden is the Nord Stream bomber sign. And it's yeah, funny because Rachel Maddow, I would have tried to fish a yeah, picture of yeah. that also. Rachel Maddow showed a 30-second clip of me carrying that sign, standing next to Ryan, standing next to Ryan, who was the guy carrying the Russian flag. And by the way, Ryan was actually interviewed by Caleb Maupin like yesterday on like what his motive was, what happened. That and by the way, Ryan's not a Fed. There was just a big mis misunderstanding between him and Max Blumenthal. But anyways, yeah. this is an exciting event for me because. Generally, I, I've been to a lot of anti-war protests for the last three or four years, and most of them are organized in San Francisco by a group called Answer Coalition, which is really just a front for PSL. And for those of you who don't know, Party for Socialism and Liberation. But mm. that, which, by the way, they're on the ballot here. But Answer Coalition in D.C. and in San Francisco for a long time has had a monopoly on anti-war organizing. I think I remember seeing a tweet. From someone who was active at the original answer because answer coalition was formed during during the iraq war so that was like they're start they're starting the movement but i remember reading this tweet and they were saying like a right-wing anti-war rally the war the war the war those are all the speakers but then you show the answer coalition speaker and it says speaker one trans rights speaker two gay rights speaker three abolish the family speaker four token democrat speaker nine did we forget the war so it's like we have this situation where the anti-war movement forgot it was even anti-war. They tried to include all these other social issues at once. And I think the Rage Against the War Machine was special because it was about the war. And Answer Coalition has this misconception where if you include all these issues at once, you'll get the young people. If you include all these new social movements and all these identity politics at once, you'll get all the young people to join. But frankly, I'm one of the young people and I don't want identity politics in the anti-war movement. So... I think the Libertarian Party, unfortunately, has it right in the, in the Party for Socialism and Liberation or Answer Coalition or, frankly, any of the other leftist groups, because I know there are other leftist groups that do this, too. They all have it wrong. They try to be as exclusivist as possible. And you don't build a movement by also adding abolish the family. In fact, you push away potential. By the way, most religious people are anti-war. But when you say stuff like abolish the family, abolish the police, you're going to push those people away. And yeah, obviously it's good to build coalitions around those issues, but
but you're going to have to do that separately from the anti-war movement. Thank you. Thank you. That's great points. And Alex, that's the most important point about what we learned from this coalition is that divisive politics don't work. And the opposite of all of that does work. And if we just focus on the things that we can agree on, um, we can really do some good work in helping really to work towards common goals that we all agree on, which is mm -hmm. food, water, shelter, purpose, love, community. Exactly. It's like if you're in a fire, you shouldn't you shouldn't care about whether the fireman is for social security or not, as Jimmy Dore says. It matters you have to stop the fire. Like if you're actually serious about building an anti-war movement, it would be about an anti-war movement. And you have these professional sectarians who, yeah, they want to build an anti-war movement, but only but only if it's under our control, only if we're the ones doing it. It has to be perfect or it's not gonna work. But it's like the whole point of the United Front is that it's gonna be messy sometimes. It's not going to work out perfectly. And yeah, I'll be the first to admit, Rage Against the War Machine wasn't necessarily a perfect event. Like, you had fucking Matthew Heimbach, who organized the Unite the Right rally. He was there. But, like, that would have happened regardless of if we had, even if we had made a sign, a big sign that says no Matthew Heimbach, there would have still been, there still would have, there still would have been people like that. There will always be federal infiltrators. There will always be far-right entryists. There will always be sort, those sort of people in any successful movement. We just have to count our successes. And frankly, I think we should build a permanent coalition out of this and move on. Yeah, I think that that's the central message, Alex. It is that um, we can get along. Uh, people from different uh, perspectives politically can get along and can work together very, very well, as this uh, demonstrates. By the way, I, I really liked your sign. I, I had to do a little bit of research after I saw your sign. And uh, it turns out that the Unabomber killed three people. You know, he injured others, but he killed three people. Whereas Biden probably killed 300,000 and counting, you know, his policies about this yeah. war. So it's a very appropriate comparison, except <laughs> that one is much less a criminal than the other. Exactly. And at least, and at least, <laughs> at least Ted K can form co coherent sentences, right? Yeah. 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 Well, since we're bringing it up, uh, let me let me pull it up because I I did find a picture. Uh, thank you, Irene. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from being a very good picture of Irene and Angela on the stage uh, at the event, we do have our uh, Biden is the Nord Stream bomber sign right there. Can I caption the the picture? Do you, do you know what we were doing? It's so funny. I you know now you got me curious. <laughs> so because Nick had just gone up to me or Angela, I don't remember, but I think me and said, "There's this Russian flag that's kind of you know in the optics, and of course we're going to get attacked because." of it and we don't mind that there's a russian flag flag there necessarily but the optics of it with the speaker and so angela and i are like so where is that russian flag and what do we do about it and it's just this whole conversation about we should have brought more flags um and that was actually discussed but you know so much happened and we didn't i didn't remember to remind people to bring extra flags and 
you know, I could have literally called Jorge and told him to bring the Liberty Speaks banner and like brought it there, but I didn't think of it. But we're literally looking at that Russian flag that everybody's talking about. But I didn't yeah, yeah. know. You all, all are looking very uh, important, almost like it. it's like too perfectly posed in that photo. <laughs> no, we're just like, so where's that Russian flag he's talking about? But I didn't know, A, that that sign was behind me. I didn't know. I hadn't read what that meant. I didn't know until three days ago, I didn't read the Substack article about that. And then I didn't even realize that that was in the background of this picture until a few days ago. So, and I didn't know until just a half an hour ago that Alex was the one carrying that sign, but yeah, it, it's, it's my favorite I. picture, but it's hysterical, but it was really like, where's that Russian flag that's ruining the optics. It's hysterical. And, and what's funny is that it's like, when Rachel Maddow showed me for 30 seconds carrying the Biden is the North Stream bomber sign, that's probably the first time she's even ever acknowledged the story. I may have single-handedly forced MSNBC to acknowledge yeah. the fact that Seymour Hersh published that article. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing that I, I, I can't believe that I'm actually in that picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which the whole thing is is very uh, hysterical to say the least. Yeah, it's just yeah. So I definitely want to move on to the next uh, the next part of it though, which is uh, to tell me about your experience the day of the rally. Like, what were your expectations in terms of you know attendance or how it was going to go? Were you like nervous going in, and then how did that compare to reality? Like how it actually turned out now. Irene, I know you did a lot of the trainings even the night before and then like early the morning of. So just uh, take us through your experience. My experience was probably a little different. I had a certain amount of things that I needed to do. And my focus was just in the moment to make sure that certain things got done. I actually didn't really listened to any of the speeches until after the event, just had a really great day in the moment, experiencing the crowds and um, making sure I did what I was supposed to do. So it was a great experience. Um, and I uh, just wanna keep moving on and I will protect this coalition as strongly as I worked hard to help with the event and more. Uh, as as much as I love the response, I got to say how massively you're underselling how instrumental you were even the day of just to keep things running smoothly, which I can attest since mm -hmm. I was basically your personal assistant for the day. So don't go trying to tell anyone <laughs> that, like you weren't running around doing a bunch of crazy stuff the entire day because I because I can tell like. 50 stories that say otherwise. <laughs> well, it was just a really big team effort and I did my part and there's a thousand stories <laughs> and I'm just very grateful for the team. And uh, I just happen to have this certain role. That's all. I've just been Irene. <laughs> yes, and Angela and Nick are- Irene thing to say. Well, because I love you guys <laughs> and because you all were very important and Angela and Nick were amazing leaders. And uh, I, like I said before, I, I'm, I will protect this coalition 
and make sure that it keeps going. And I know even Alex knows that that's the case because I'm already like that with it. This is really important and I'm very proud to be a Thank part you. of it and just incredibly grateful to, and honored to be a part of it. Well, thank you, Irene. Uh, so Rod, uh, what were you thinking going in and uh, how did it all turn out for you? Well, I met Irene the night before and uh, the moment I walked into the, the room where we were getting together the night before, I realized that she was a magnet. She was the center of gravity in that meeting, handing, handing out roles, on, preparing badges. Uh, we all wore hats that we put over our head, yellow hats that said volunteer. Everything was organized. Uh, so a lot of the work that was done and coordinated went through Irene. That, that became very clear from the get-go. Uh, I got involved in making sure we had some of the necessities, uh, enough tables, enough chairs, um, a tent. I also uh, contacted and hired a bibliographer who took amazing photos and did some candid interviews, which we're going to use uh, as material that we have that we can use and he also recorded all of the speeches. I, I wanted to have that as a backup in case anything went wrong with the official equipment and the, and the live streaming that was going on. Uh, some people got there around six in the morning and even then uh, the, the rally started at 12.30. So we thought we got plenty of time, but things were just rush, rush, rush to get it ready, hanging banners, getting everything into position. Uh, we had a, a company that specializes in, in this type of events because the, the equipment is very specialized. You know, the, the giant screen on the, the speaker system and everything that was set up uh, required hoisting. And, um, and that was done by, by a professional company that uh, we hired uh, Fortunately, we, we were able to fundraise enough to, to cover that cost. We didn't know at the beginning, you know, if we were even going to be able to do that. But uh, as I said before, I think we hit a nerve. There is a real need for this kind of event. And, and people came out either through the event or through donating or signing up on the website. It, it's, it's very um, uh, fulfilling to see that the way that happened. Yeah, I I gotta say, like we we were on a shoestring budget compared to other anti-war rallies in the past and other similar events that have taken place at, at the Lincoln Memorial, and yet we still met, we still not only did we manage to pull it off, but we outraised the original fundraising targets, and that's that's awesome. I'm glad that we were able to do that. Um, I'm sure Irene can tell you there's um, expenses after the fact that have come up too. So it's it's uh, definitely needed. Um, and it was it's very much appreciated by everyone on the team here. Yeah, and the website's still taking donations because we are an active uh, group now. We have other things we want to do. And so, you know, by all means, if if you want to volunteer or if you can donate, go to the website rageagainstwar.com. Yeah, thank you, Rod. And we do have a good question here. Uh, did we ever get a good headcount of the rally? 
I've been told by multiple people it was three to five thousand. I have no idea. I would say yeah, five thousand. That's 000 about as close as I've heard. I would say five thousand is a bit much. I would say three thousand is probably what we had. But even if we only had like one thousand, this is the largest anti-war rally since the Obama administration started. Like, there's a famous saying in the anti-war movement that Obama killed the anti-war movement. It's because all those groups, once a Democrat became president, quieted down about the war. There was a group called United for Peace and Justice, which was like the main liberal Democrat anti-war coalition during the during the Iraq War. And in the last big demonstration they held in D.C., actually nationally, was of, was in two, was in January of 2007. Ever since January of 2007, the anti-war movement has always been on the back burner for the majority of the left. So any anti-war protest since then has been professional sectarian leftists with groups with protests, probably one, 300 people at most. We single-handedly pulled off the biggest anti-war demonstration in probably like 15 or 16 years. Very yeah, it's, it's nothing to scoff at. It's definitely a sign of things to come. Um, that, that might be the most exciting aspect of this. So I'll definitely touch on that more at the end. Uh, uh, so, Regina, um, you may you you weren't uh, involved um, with as as much of the uh, elements of the nitty gritty planning. Uh, so when you're coming down from Pittsburgh, your, your perspective might actually be the one I'm most curious on. So, like, what 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 did you expect going in? Like, what did you think might happen? How many people did you think? might be there or you're like more optimistic uh just like what were your thoughts going in and how did that compare to what you saw i really wasn't sure what to expect because i knew this was one of those things that despite this being a message that if you're in any without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply end of the political spectrum and you found anything negative to say about this event um you should really sit down with yourself and really think about like what where your moral compass is like kind of who you are as a person because even if there would have been five of us there with the speakers like that's still five people that are trying to avoid nuclear war trying to make sure like i would really like there to be a a place that I can raise my children someday. And if nuclear war, like it's not, I think the problem is that people get in this bubble and they think it can never happen here. It can never happen to me, especially for like how cushy lives we have here in the U S and we don't understand that like this weird chess game that we're playing with the rest of the world. It's, it's just, it just baffled me. Like what Rachel Maddow said, um, Again, like it wouldn't have mattered if there was five, a hundred, 
like I really think there was probably at peak like 3,500 people there because um, there were a lot of people kind of joining the group who were just, I think, visiting. Um, but, you know, at the same time, there's some factors that you have to consider. You know, this was a rally in the middle of February and we got really lucky. We had a beautiful day. But um, granted, a lot of people who were involved in this movement are not fair weather protesters like some other some other groups and messages tend to be. Um, so I I kind of knew our attendance was going to be a little bit low. Sometimes Sundays are weird for people, especially if they work on Mondays. But um, the only other rally in D.C. that I had ever attended, and this is a little shameful now, was the Women's March back in, what was that, 20, would have been 2016, 2017. Um, and that one was huge. But obviously, one is super promoted by every social media, every mainstream media. And we were, we couldn't get any sort of coverage on this until it was negative. Um, so I kind of had a realistic, I had a realistic idea of like hopeful for 5,000. Um, but again, it was just great to see people down there from all kind of walks of life coming together. And it has to start somewhere. Like you're not going to get a perfect attendance or, you know, everything's not going to be perfect the first round, but we still did it. We still did it successfully, I think. And again, now the opportunity is to grow in attendance, to grow in how we organize, how we do things. Um, so this, everything has to start somewhere. So I think this is a fantastic starting point. Yeah. Well said. Uh, Thank you, Regina. And uh, thanks again for uh, driving down. Uh, I'm sure you have uh, had some interesting conversations with the people in the car. Like, what was it, like five hours for you? Like, there, there and back. Um, must have had some uh, crazy discussions, too. Yeah, um, I honestly learned a lot um, just from a lot of both the people in the uh, car. Um, everyone in the car was kind of giving some background on things that I wasn't familiar with. So it, I, it was really um, helpful for me just to learn. Um, but again, even just to introduce them to different ideas and hear kind of like what their, what their politics were or what their involvement was. Um, and again, just, just creating that coalition, you know, if they spread the word and say, Hey, I was at this cool rally and tell, 10 of their friends and then 10 of their friends are like, Oh, I want to be involved in something like that. And then it just goes on and on. It's like, um, that's, that was the main thing, but they were just really, um, I was really shocked. Like I said, that they weren't actually from the libertarian party of Pennsylvania and, um, they just honestly found it through the website. So great job to everyone who promoted the website and got the word out there as much yeah. as we could. And, and if you had a van, we probably could have filled that too because we had like more than double the amount of rider requests for Pittsburgh than we could have filled with just your car. We did. That was the only unfortunate thing is we did have a, and I knew I had a feeling this was going to happen. Um, but we had a lot of last minute requests and, um, it was just unfortunate that we couldn't get like another car. And I didn't have the, I had a, I actually had a wrestling tournament the night before. So that was fun to get about four hours of sleep, drive down there, <laughs> participate all day, yeah, and then make sure the everybody thing. got home safely. So if I would have had the means to get a van and everything, I definitely would have done that. But uh, I was like, I'm going to stay 
I'm going to stay realistically with what I can handle and what I'm familiar with and, and, and what's safe. My car is very safe. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I have nothing but great things to say about that day. It was, it was a fantastic day. It was a fantastic drive. And thank you to the two strangers who I let in my car. You didn't kill me. You didn't leave me on the side of the road. I really appreciate that. Yeah. That, well, I'm, I'm very glad it worked out. Thanks Regina. And while, while we're talking about it, I want to give a shout out to our other Pennsylvania drivers, uh, Brian, Autumn, and uh, Joel. So thank you. Thank you all very much. Uh, Autumn in particular, uh, she rented a van having no idea what the count would be, rented a 15-person van and took it on her own dime. And um, based on all the last-minute riders that requested, I think she just barely broke even, but that was a huge chance she took. So Thank, thank you, Autumn and Joel. Uh, if we, if it weren't for his van, like we couldn't have transported all those Philly people down. But again, for him, we even with his van, we probably had about twice the number of requests than that he could than he could seat in his van. So, just crazy numbers that we were getting on those ride requests. And since uh, we're since we're yeah. uh, thanking people, I I want to especially note the work of Christian Malasarte. He's the designer. Who came up with the graphics, the logo? He is amazing, and uh, he came up with this very quickly, very catchy colors and combination of, of lettering. Uh, we were very impressed with that, and um, also the People's Party social media team, which did a good job in spreading this uh, event all over social media and helping with with some of the speakers. Um, I wanted to, if if possible, take up on on an issue that Regina mentioned. And it had to do with uh, moral consciousness. Uh, I think that um, what's important to realize is that people come from different backgrounds in terms of the of the of this war, and and some believe that the the moral uh, correct thing to do is to continue to um, give weapons to Ukraine so that they can defeat Russia. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to build a big coalition. We want to be open and include everybody. And there's probably uh, opportunities to debate these things. I think that could be a good program to debate as to what is the right thing to be doing. Uh, I personally come from the uh, conclusion that feeling the war is just means more death and devastation all around because it escalates. And what's the ultimate escalation is nuclear weapons. So the sooner that we uh, bring the parties together or help bring the parties together, which the U.S. is very capable of doing, uh, the sooner that um, we're going to end the, the suffering of people in Ukraine, in Russia, uh, throughout Europe and throughout the world, actually, because there's been um, less food all around, uh, energy prices have gone up. This is having a huge impact. And we got to realize what we're work working for. Again, like Regina said, there is a moral compass that, that we all have to um, be aware of. And I'd be happy to debate with anyone about what are the, whether escalating and, and you know, enlarging the, the weapon supply to Ukraine is the most humane thing to do, uh, which I believe some people still subscribe to that idea. Yeah, well, you're definitely scratching the surface of one of the uh, future projects that I want to get into uh, towards the end. So 
I, I want to elaborate on that further after we give uh, Alex a chance to speak. Um, so um, if you wanted to share anything about your experience on, on the rally before we move on, uh, uh, go for it. Sure. So I actually flew out from San Francisco to the DC event. I spent about $400 of my own money just to get, just to get there. I know Ryan, who is the Russian flag waving guy, also came from Oakland to be there. I actually knew him before all this stuff. But essentially, I was at, I spent all day at the event. It was it was a good I was expecting it to be really cold, but it wasn't as cold as I thought it would be. Uh, it's funny because when I came back to California, it, like literally, it was colder than it was in DC. It was actually it was ra raining so hard that it knocked over the power that knocked over a power pole, and I couldn't even use electricity for two whole days after the, the literally the day I got back. But at the actual rally, it was something I hadn't, hadn't ever seen before. At most anti-war rallies, like Answer Coalition or UNAC rallies, it's usually you'll have this. If you've noticed, you'll have literally the exact same people that have attended the last five or six rallies. There's no like there, with this sort of rally. These were people who you could clearly tell had never not only attend, never attended an anti-war rally in their life. They never attended any political rally in their life or any rally in general in their life. And these are normal people who came out to support this. I saw, what a lot of people don't even understand is that, yeah, Ryan waved the Russian flag in front of the camera, but there were other people with Russian flags who were literally just Russian diaspora towards the back, who were actually just random diaspora. And keep in mind, there's a lot of Russian Americans living in Virginia and DC who came out to support this event simply because they want peace between Ukraine and Russia, and they don't want it in a way where you basically blow up the entire world. And after the after the event, Center for Political Innovation, CPI, they had a reception called Preventing World War III. And what happened was Scott Ritter, who I think was who was banned from the event, and I think it was bullshit why they banned him, but he spoke at the actual reception that, C, that CPI had. The African People's Socialist Party slash the Uhuru movement, which is their white solidarity movement. They're a black nationalist organization, a black power organization. They gave a speech because on the issue of FBI repression, because if some of you don't know, the African People's Socialist Party, as well as another black power group called Black Hammer Party, were raided the same month by the FBI for quote-unquote election disinformation. Yeah, that's literally why the FBI raided them. Election disinformation, all because they sent a petition to the UN calling for reparations. The FBI raided their, their office in Florida. And they literally had, as they were taking him out of his office, they had like five people pointing their, their rifles at them with laser beams at their chest. But essentially, they gave a speech on the FBI repression of the Uhuru movement and of the African People's Socialist Party. I actually gave a speech there too. And overall, it was, it was probably one of the best nights I've ever had. Thank you. Well, thanks, Alex. And uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I think that's something that was that we uh, did uh, clarify afterwards, and and some uh, some statements were made to that effect. Um, I I uh, I don't know as much about it as Irene, because I think she had uh, some other conversations. But I think the general idea was that the flags were intended to represent the people rather than the governments themselves, which I think is, is basically the a stance that, um, 
you know, the Libertarian Party and, and the Mises Caucus uh, yeah. as a whole are definitely, they definitely want people to, they definitely want everyone to think of, you know, if, if we're talking about flags in this context, we're not representing the governments of those countries when we do that, because we don't think the governments represent us any more than the Russian government represents the Russian people. Well, exactly. Our group has a particular view on it, and it's that we carry the American flag and the Russian flag, even though we despise the American government, and we're not necessarily a fan of the Russian government either. We bring those flags because we want to symbolize the unity between American and Russian workers. In fact, the original, there are an organization, American Student Union, there actually used to be another group of the same name. We're actually based off of that group from the New Deal period. It's called the American Student, the, also called the American Student Union in the 30s and 40s. They had a park in upstate New York, which still exists, and we actually still have relations with. We're actually going to be holding our 2024 con convention there, but it's called Arrow Park. And it's not Arrow as in an arrow. It's A-R-O-W, American Russian Organization of Workers, which was a group that was formed during World War II to symbolize the unity between American and Russian workers. And we have to sort of, in my opinion... I don't think it was fair that the Russian diaspora get attacked for for bringing their Russian flag because that's their country. And we sh just like we should be able to bring the American flag. I don't think anyone in that crowd who was carrying the American flag was supporting the American government. If anything, the ones who were supporting the American government were not the ones carrying the American or Russian flags. It were the ones carrying the Ukrainian flags. So we have to create a situation where the Russian flag, in my opinion, should not be taboo. Because after all, we're symbolizing unity with people over there, from people over here, right? There's a couple of points. You know, you make some good points. There's a couple of points specifically that I think I'd like to make. First of all, it is very clear that the people carrying the Russian flags had no intention whatsoever to mess with the optics of the event that would subsequently get more attacks towards us from the right, the left, the middle, or anybody. And secondly you know, carrying flags is an extension of our free speech and it was an event open to the public and people can carry whatever flag that they want. Um, and thirdly, I think it's really important for us to remember that the overwhelming majority of the people of Russia and the overwhelming majority of people of Ukraine and the overwhelming majority of the United States people really don't have any problem with each other. We're at war because of mis misunderstandings, the military industrial complex and corrupt governments and these, you know, relentless foreign wars. So, you know, I just think that people like to virtue signal and pick out things to be naysayers. And I think it's incredibly disingenuous, especially coming from people within our own party mm -hmm. to do that kind of language and narrative when they know that it's really not the case. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. Uh, thanks, Irene. Uh, so I definitely want to end this on a high note. So let's talk about uh, where this partnership uh, is going and can go in the future. And I, I don't want to do it in reverse order just to change things up. And I know uh, Regina might have to leave soon. So um, let's start back with uh, Alex. So yeah. Um, where where are we going to be going from here? What's something that uh, you know the American Student Union might be able to work with uh, uh, this group here with in the future? So as far as this coalition is concerned, like I said earlier, 
we need to have this become a permanent coalition, just like how we have ANSWER and UNAC unifying all the sectarian leftist groups. We need to have an actual anti-war coalition that doesn't just unify people on the left, but also libertarians, but also conservatives, liberals, black power organizations, etc. I think where we need to go from here is that Rage Against the War Machine needs to become a national coalition. And as far as what ASU in particular can do, ASU has connections to a lot of groups. I was just talking to someone from a group called Black Hammer Party, and they, and they seem interested in working with Rage Against the War Machine. I know people in the Uhuru Solidarity Movement and the African People's Socialist Party who were literally at the event, both at the CPI reception, but they also had a table at the actual rally, and they were very supportive of what we were doing. We have to reach out to those sort of organizations because especially as both of those groups I mentioned, both Black Hammer and the African People's Socialist Party, were literally in the same month both victims of FBI repression. Accused, they were accusing them of spreading Russian disinformation and election and literally promoting election fraud or whatever, or some essentially all because they called for reparations. But essentially, those are the sort of organizations we need to bring into this coalition. You also need to bring in more libertarian organizations. Obviously, most leftist organizations try to shut this coalition down as racist. I remember reading a, a, an article by the Black Agenda Report saying, oh my God, it's, it's a racist. And they literally had a hashtag called anti-war so white. It's ridiculous. But to keep this coalition going, we have to keep, we just have to keep in contact with each other. We have to make an announcement that, okay, this is where we'll go from here. As far as ASU in specific is concerned, we are already on a couple of campuses. Our goal is to promote this coalition. We will be the official campus arm of this coalition. We will go on the campuses. We will debate people about this issue. We will host panels. We, there are already plenty of other campus groups we work with on this. We need to get this message out to people on campus who either have the opposite view or don't even know. Remember, camp, college campuses are the biggest indoctrination centers in our country. So we have to be there. The fact that we're there at all, the fact that we even have campus clubs is already an accomplishment. And we have to go further. We have to say, look, if you're on the college campus and you actually want a real anti-war alternative, this is where you go. Well, well thank you, Alex. Uh, keep, you know, definitely keep that work up. And, uh, you know, we'll have to talk more about the campus activism soon. I know, I know Irene already has mental notes buzzing in her head um, with the names of all the organizations that you just mentioned and uh, some more outreach that uh, will have to be done down the road. Um, so let's go to, to uh, Regina now. Uh, now, I I don't think I mentioned it to you all here, but Regina is uh, not only our uh, Mises Caucus uh, Issue Coalition organizer, but she's also the uh, chair of the Issue Coalition Committee for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. So, uh, Regina, um, what's something that uh, we can do to keep this going? Like, what what do you, what uh, opportunities do you see here? Yeah, my my goal with Issue Coalitions is just to build a network of any group outside of the Libertarian Party who has a similar goal or a similar message. We don't have to see eye to eye on every issue. I prefer it that way because I really think what is going to set events like this apart, I think what is going to separate the Libertarian Party apart is we we have to start 
building these bridges with each other because at the end of the day when everything is all stripped down like we are all a part of this earth we are all human beings and we all deserve to have safe full meaningful lives and even if i don't agree with your political views even if i don't agree with any of your social views like i still think you have the right to express that view so if i can help you get to the finish line everybody wins it's not really about who gets to the finish line because if if we all get there if we all avoid nuclear war or any of the other issues that i've been pushing for in pa like i am more than willing to sit down and talk to you as long as you're civil as long as none of your messages are genuine hate speech they genuinely will hurt somebody or want to oppress people at their core i'm willing to work with anybody so please come talk to me please reach out to the libertarian party pa get with me and issue coalitions like i'm i'm here to help everybody achieve their goals when it comes to social issues well, thank you, Regina. Uh, so, uh, Rod, uh, what can you tell us about uh, some things that uh, we might be able to work on with the People's Party going forward? Uh, to build on what others have said, I think it's very important that we uh, communicate to the American public. Uh, this is the country where uh, things can happen, and I think it's our responsibility as global citizens to uh, make our politicians um, do as the people want and not as the big uh, donors want them to do. And the economic impact of this war, bringing that home, realizing that this money that's being spent on, on weapons that are getting destroyed, you know, almost as they arrive on the, on the war theater, uh, could be uh, ending so many ills that we're suffering from regular people, uh, homelessness and uh, you know, uh, medical conditions and infrastructure and education and people that are uh, you know indebted uh, to the tilt with the credit card debt or student loans. There's a lot that could be done at home with the money that's being wasted. And I think if we can get that message across, because ultimately, you know, if you look at the polls, the war in Ukraine is, is not high on the list of most American people, even though it can be very dangerous and it, and it can, you know, end life on, on this planet. But the way that we're going to bring people along is to keep um, connecting it to issues that matter, you know, on a daily basis uh, to Americans. And I think uh, the economy and jobs and infrastructure, as I said, those are the things that if we can make people realize that there is a cost to the United States uh, citizen for what's happening, what's being done abroad then I think that we can build a coalition. Thanks. Yeah, well said. Uh, thank you, Rod. And last, we got Irene. What can you tell us? Well, I just wanted to let everybody know that if they want to become more active in the coalition, they can connect through the website or they can contact me directly. Um, people are already forming groups that are working in individual states that are lefty liberty aligned and working on some projects. My project that I am really focused on in including some other projects is a series of 2024 presidential debates. 
sponsored by the coalition. So that's just an exploratory phase. Um, I think that that makes a huge difference. And I think we can do it, especially if we have a lot of the coalition members that are interested in that. I think that it's very important for us to remember that the military industrial complex is a big cause of the wars that we're in and the pharmaceutical industrial complex is a big cause of COVID mania and tyranny. And that a lot of our problems are related to the fact that we have coercive monopolistic governmental agencies that are forcing or coercing people to do things that they don't want. And that we need to look back to the basic ideas of free market and competition and remember that that's the path to freedom. And I think that we can discuss all these issues with our coalition members that we don't just agree on this anti-war. I think we agree on a lot of other things and we really need to understand that we just need to have conversations with each other. And when you disagree with people, you don't need to hate them. And that the divisive duopoly forces us to have these conversations where we have to have an us versus them and a good versus evil. And that's one of the reasons why we have these wars because we get put in these boxes where it's us versus them and good versus evil. And really none of the Russians or their leaders or anybody is either good or evil. It's just about myths and misunderstandings. So I think that what I really wanna say to people is join us, we're more coalition partners are welcome. I want to thank all the sponsors and all the speakers for coming to the event. Angela and Nick are fearless leaders and everybody on the team. And I also am really grateful for the opportunity to speak on all these issues with you guys. And I'll see you in PA in a couple of days. Yeah, thanks, Irene. Uh, so uh, one, one last note I'll end on before we do... Uh, plugs um well two things actually first uh is it who here is coming to the pennsylvania convention me yeah, i know you are okay i want some of my lefties to come to the pa convention and hang out at the liberty speaks table and theo who made all the gear is gonna be there oh he is gonna be there okay awesome. yeah is he's it, gonna be right next to me yeah is this gonna be a national convention or a state convention so this is a pennsylvania state convention and they use parliamentary process and i think it would be a great experience so tell all your friends and just tell them to find irene by the liberty speaks table yeah, there and, is no yeah. uh, national convention this year it's only in even years but pennsylvania state convention is definitely it might be the biggest one left this calendar year um it is this weekend yeah. um in redding pennsylvania which is maybe about an hour away from philadelphia send we all your friends in, alex to me yeah we have people in pa i'll ask them but uh, i find so it funny <laughs> the I link is funny the link is easy that. i'll type it in the comments and i'll say it here also it's uh lppa2023.com for libertarian party of pennsylvania uh, it's also in the episode description if you forget later and want to check. I think it would be a wonderful experience for any of you guys. And I'm really serious. Just tell your friends to come find me any of the Yeah, I, I'll be there too. I'm not hard to find. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to try to put the PA people in the signal chat. So expect that tonight. Great.
Yeah, uh, you can throw me in there too. Um, I'll tell them everything they need to know. <clears throat> All right. And um, then the second thing I want. Oh, did you have something else on that? Oh, no, no, no. No, I was just okay. saying it sounds good. Okay. The second thing I wanted to say on that is, or on uh, uh, another closing note is um, this isn't just a uh, domestic, this hasn't been just a domestic coalition either. We've had the sister rallies and one of the most successful ones I've seen was in, uh, I, I know it was in Germany, it was in Berlin that we had it. Yeah, I saw a lot of pictures come back from that one. There must have been another couple thousand people that went to that rally. It happened a couple days after the one in D.C. Like, it, it's crazy to see so much attention uh, getting paid to in Europe as well. And, you know, hopefully we had a small role in inspiring them to do what uh, to do what uh, they did over there. And Nick spoke at an event in London as well. Um, so. You know, it's it's great to see that uh, word is getting around. Yeah, Nick spoke at a No to NATO event, and the Schiller Institute has been involved, and uh, they're just amazing. And some of the people from that group are in our group chat. Um, so, and also Angela is going to an independent national convention uh, the weekend of April third, and she'll be speaking. Um, that just came out recently. And uh, I think we're just moving forward with a lot of coalition building. Awesome. Uh, so let's uh, go around and uh, give our plugs. So Alex, you go first. Hey, what, what am I supposed to do? Uh, plug. So you can say like, how can people oh, follow yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. How can so people follow Twitter, like Ameri yeah. uh, American Student so Union? On Twitter, I'm so you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Dillard nineteen seventeen. On I'm also on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, and yeah, yeah. And how do people uh, well define the organization American uh, Over, Student Union? Oh, oh, I thought you meant my person. Oh, oh no, the Americans. Oh, oh yeah. So our website is americanstudentunion.org. We also have a Twitter page, which is ASU National, at ASU National. We also have an Instagram page and a Facebook page that are linked on the website. We have, if you ever, if anyone here is interested in joining us or getting in contact with us, we have a districts page, which has all the emails listed for the different districts of our organization. And we have an affiliates page where we list affiliates of different groups we're working with, including Center for Political Innovation, the California United Front, and other groups that we're working with. All right. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Regina. Yeah, so my Twitter handle's below um, at the LPPA Badger. Um, if you're at convention, please come talk to me. Um, the sign is coming with me. <laughs> so if you didn't get down to the rally, but you like the message, um, I'm also going to hopefully Dave Smith will sign, sign the sign. Yeah, you, um, you might need to leave some room for me to sign it, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, just once again, thank you to everyone who made the effort to come out or if you couldn't make it and you donated even a dollar. Like, thank you so much for that. Um, and again, if any group here, you know, obviously I'm I'm willing to help anything with the with this current coalition. Um, but if anyone here is interested in doing anything close to home in PA or working with any other issues that you think that we align with, please get in touch with me um, either through Twitter um, or I can, uh, Twitter's probably the best way because then I can get you my direct contact information. Um, the only thing I did want to plug, speaking of coalitions, um, 
the uh, Issue Coalition of PA, we're currently doing a counter protest in Harrisburg on March 23rd. It is a Thursday. Um, Ceasefire PA will be there. Um, they're pushing for stricter gun control. And we are basically going to go down there to um, present our case for responsible gun control. Um, so if anyone's interested in coming down to that or helping with organizing that, please get at me because um, we're trying to. It's going to be very small and grassroots. It's unfortunately not going to be to the grandiose level that uh, Rage Against the War was just because we're due to time. Um, but if anyone's interested in that, please get at me. No, we support that, too. Awesome. We'll talk. Like, in fact, I publish an opportunity. Live in fact, I probably believe in less gun control than you do. So. <laughs> All right. That's uh, great. You see, it's just yeah, great. Thank you both. We're making progress already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Rod, uh, what do you got for us? How can we follow what's going on? Yes, I think the best way to uh, find out about the People's Party is to go to the website, peoplesparty.org. And there you'll find links to our uh, various social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And um, yeah, get involved. Uh, if you sign up, uh, you'll get our email. We're not going to fill your inbox with mail, but uh, usually our, our mail is directed around issues. And so um, it's a good way also to kind of keep informed um, from a different perspective. Peoplesparty.org. Thanks. All right, thank you, Rod. And last, uh, Irene. So first and foremost, I'm a libertarian and uh, you all know that website. So, um, and I'm a Mises Caucus member. So I definitely want to plug the fact that the Mises Caucus has uh, been very important in uh, helping me uh, do coalition work and also uh, literally taking human action. I'm co-founder of Liberty Speaks. It's libertyspeaks.world. We also have a Liberty Speaks YouTube and there's a lot of videos on there and including a lot of my medical freedom videos and my videos on body autonomy and the mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic. So that's Liberty Speaks YouTube. It has that big loudspeaker logo on it. And another organization, Delaware Initiative for the Science and Ethics, is the organization I founded uh, for medical freedom and in consequence to the mishandling of the coronavirus pandemic. And Delaware Medical Freedom Alliance, which is another organization I work with for medical freedom and body autonomy. And most importantly, Rage Against the War Machine at rageagainstwar.com. Contact us, send us an email, and me on Twitter is at Irene Mavrakakis. On Facebook, I'm also Irene Mavrakakis. And Liberty Speaks is at National Speaks. And that was long. I am very sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no, you're fine. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming on and talking. This has been an amazing panel. I love it. We'll have to keep this going uh, in the coming year and see what else uh, this partnership can bring conversations coalitions uh i love the way it's looking so far so thank you all again um any final words before we sign off thank you so much for having us on yes it's uh, encouraging to it's it's encouraging to see a group of people from diverse backgrounds thank you all right have a good night everyone night
Love you guys. <laughs> we'll see you next Bye. week. Don't forget to take human action. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.